The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. Let's get to our final guest this hour. It's David Waddell, CEO and Chief Investment Strategist at Waddell & Associates, to discuss the latest on the markets. Good morning, good evening to you, David. Uh, Good to have you, as always. Obviously, it's a big week this week for central banks. The RBA will be out later today, 50 basis points, the consensus. The ECB on Thursday, perhaps 75 What's your outlook for the Fed? Obviously, there was a bit of a hawkish tone we got from Jay Powell at Jackson Hole. The market expects 75. How do you see the Fed tackling what could be month-over-month slight decline in inflation in the United States? Well, I do think the Fed uh, – thanks for having me on. Good to talk to you. But I do think the Fed has to continue this sort of disciplining um, that's going on and, and certainly did from the podium at Jackson Hole. Um, the unfortunate thing about the market rallying 17.5% off those June lows was that inflation expectations rallied as well. So optimism is the enemy of the Fed's mission right now. So I think they raised 75 basis points. I think the futures market have it basically even money, but they need to follow through, I think, a little bit on this disciplining path. That I mean, they're all taking the podium and just talking as negatively as they can. So I imagine they have to back that up, and then they can sort of watch it. I don't think that the inflation print on September 13th, right, is enough to dissuade the Fed from kind of following up with their aggressive tone from Jackson Hole. So I would anticipate 75. I don't think that crushes the market, and it just brings us even closer to the end of this tightening campaign. You wonder at at what level. I mean, right now, I think the takeaway, the main takeaway from Jerome Powell's speech at Jackson Hole was that they've kind of set aside uh, the soft landing scenario, that they, they, they want to be seen as crushing inflation. Is a soft landing still in their playbook, do you think, or has it just been kind of shunted to the side? Well, I think we need to define what a soft landing and a hard landing is. I mean, a soft landing is kind of where we are right now because <laughs> there's not much growth going on. And, and when I talk to business leaders, you know, they're pretty pessimistic. And you saw that in, in sort of the CEO confidence surveys, et cetera. So there is definitely a growth, growth slowdown. You look at housing, it's pretty nasty right now, deservedly so. Um, but it's obviously softening. So I think we're sort of already sort of soft landing right now. The hard landing might mean an actual recession since we've discredited the two quarters of negative GDP growth we've gotten so far. My head is still a recession. It says so in books. Well, David, uh, especially if you consider the lagged effect, uh, there could be much more difficult times ahead based on what they've already done, yet they're promising to do a lot more. Well, I think, again, they have to because they need us pessimistic. Because that'll bring down the inflation expectations. So they're sort of talking us into worrying ourselves to death on purpose, I think. You know, they, they sort of soften their tone. Bostic said, well, maybe we don't need to raise rates, et cetera. 
And then we as market participants took advantage of that, and that did not please them. I think the challenge for them right now is the extra trillion dollars in stimulus that, mm. you know, White House and Congress snuck in. Um, and so they're going to have to deal with the fact that we've got fiscal expansion while we're having monetary tightening. But if there's no crisis, if the Fed doesn't break anything, then we can have a 2% drawdown in GDP, which is sort of a non-crisis normal recession. And I don't think that crushes the stock market because the CEOs are already sort of doing everything they can to protect margins. So time to start planning for recovery in your portfolio in 2023? And how soon in 2023? I mean, yes, that's sort of my operating narrative right now. So this may be your last invitation, this drawdown between now and call it Halloween. Um, But I think we get past the midterms. You know, the percentages of the Republicans taking the House are still obviously better than 50 percent. You get into gridlock, which takes the government off the board, which is actually good for the Fed, I think. Um, And then we can start looking at, you know, next year we'll see inflation fall. We'll see the Fed obviously not as aggressive and probably start easing by the end of the year. So there'll just be some tailwinds next year. There's some pain between now and then, but I think the market's already accounted for that. And we discounted 24%, which is the normal sort of median average during a uh, recession. Let's see that we let's just say that we get a, a fairly measurable drop in inflation, and what you're talking about happens in the early part of next year. The dollar could drop pretty sharply. One would think, given how much it's risen this year, does that then reignite inflation? I don't think so. And and what's going on in Europe is disinflationary too, right? So if there's a recession there, and then there's slow growth in China, there's less sort of growth impulse across the world. And by the way, internationals ex-US are trading at 12 times. So I'd be perfectly happy with the dollar declining. I mean, it's up 50% since the low back in 09, I guess, and 25% almost from from 2001 or 21. So I'd love to see the dollar roll over. And so would corporate America, given the fact that so much of the earnings are harvested overseas. So uh, I think a dollar going down is a risk on signal. and that gives you an opportunity to make money in these international equities that are so cheap. Does that diminish then what we've seen is the the bit of a tailwind in Asian uh, economies because of the currency declines in these export-dependent economies here? I don't think so. I mean, Asia has actually held up pretty well in this. um, If you look at Japan um, and what's happened with the yen, the markets actually reacted okay to that kind of disruption. So there have been a whole lot of red herrings and you know, calls for turmoil and default, none of which have really registered. And China's a mess, but obviously they have macro potential control over that um, system. So I, I think the emerging markets, if you look at them like last week, we were down, what, 4% and the emerging markets were down 2 um, So they've actually had this bizarre sort of safe haven status this whole time. Um, and they really haven't gone anywhere in, you know, decades now. So I still think there's value there. So, David, in this transition period to, let's say, sunnier skies uh, sometime next year, what are, you, what, are you, what are you buying? Well, I, I think you don't have to get that cute. The beta trade will come back, right? So you can buy the profitless tech and the, um, the Bitcoin stuff, and that'll work as a trade. But I just don't think you have to get that cute. I think, you know, you look at the dividend stocks that are held up, um, you know, 10% of the S&P is trading at a multiple of 10 or less. You've got lots of stocks with big dividends like J.P. Morgan and, 
you know, you've got companies like Intel that have been punished that are trading at single PEs with big dividends. So I think there's plenty of value. And for me, I think the small caps go on a tear. You know, even if we reflect upon the 70s where we had terrible inflation, small caps did great while the Dow Jones went nowhere for 15 years. Yep. Okay, David, thanks very much for joining us. Really appreciate it. Nice chatting with you. David Waddell is CEO and Chief Investment Strategist at Waddell & Associates. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor Q&B. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com.